Let's spread a song so you can sing along with my special guest star two. You like to sing and dance, and this podcast by chance explores musicals for you. everyone, welcome back to another episode of Life's But a Song, a podcast that likes to live in the land of musicals. I'm your host, John, and with me today is a new guest of the pod. They have multiple podcasts, two of which are Hedwig, uh, Hedwig, excuse me, Inch by, In- Inch by Angry Inch and Miami Minutes podcast. It's John Parker, everyone. Woo! Woo! Hey, thank you for having me. I'm super excited. I'm a Hedwig freak. <laughs> so, uh, in a good way and a bad way. So I'm very excited. When I found you on Instagram, when the Hedvig Inch by Inch uh, Instagram account, I was like, perfect for today's topic, <laughs> which is Hedvig and the Angry Inch, the <sighs> 2001. I'm gonna call it a cult classic movie, but like, I feel like it's not. It, it surpasses the cult status at this point. It's in a weird right. position, I think, because. In some ways, it's cult. Yeah, it's also now the play version is on Broadway, you know, so that how can it really be cult if it's on Broadway? But then again, we had a viewing here because I live in Liverpool in England. We had okay. a viewing and there were loads of uh, people younger than me. I'm, I'm getting old now. People oh, we all are getting, we're all getting <laughs> old. Yes. But at least they've never seen it. Please don't be mad. This was my first time actually watching this movie. <gasps> Whoa, holy crap. Well, you know what? We'll, You've got to start somewhere, right? We got uh, and well, let's start with, you know, the little background before we actually get into the meat and potatoes of it all. Uh so the screenplay for this is by John Cameron Mitchell and Stephen Trask. Music and lyrics by Stephen Trask, directed by John Cameron Mitchell, who is just so happens to be the star of the movie as well. <laughs> That's like the ultimate, it's like Nepo baby kind of thing. It's like, I'm my own Nepo baby. Uh, and then, uh, according to IMDb, a genderqueer punk rock singer from East Berlin tours the U.S. with her band as she tells her life story and follows the former lover slash bandmate who stole her songs. That is one of the most succinct. Yeah. yeah. That happened. Um, I'm not going to lie. I also barely took notes because I was just enjoying this movie. <laughs> so it's one of those, I don't think you need a lot of notes because there's so much you could just talk about off the top of your head, right? Even on a first viewing. Well, yeah. I mean, so <laughs> for you, John, I don't know if you like scrolled through all the past episodes I've done, but they, <laughs> there was an episode of Riverdale where oh, yeah. they used the songs. Now, Myself and my uh, my guest on that, Ashley, we were both just like, I don't think they understand what they're singing. Like the song, the the recordings are great, but I don't think the writers understand what the songs are. And they were just like, you know what would sound good here in this scene? Yep. Random number generation. Or, you know, let's have them yell at each other via <laughs> exquisite corpse. <laughs> I think they all meant well right with with that like maybe people on the crew were like big fans and like let's let's get it in somehow but somehow doesn't always cut it so i i appreciated that it might have opened hedwig up to like a a new audience um but it it was me to listen to the songs well yeah there you go there you go exactly but it was peculiar i didn't think a lot of the songs they chose fit what was going on 
it was just kind of like we need a song now i don't know pick one yeah but that's <laughs> that's like that's riverdale for you <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh but head hedvig okay so on your podcast you go moment by moment is that what yeah, I basically because I come from a world which is ridiculous of uh, podcasts where we watch a minute of a movie and talk about the minute. Um, I thought, well, I can't really do that with Hedvig because I do a Batman one that's minute by minute, you know. Um, yeah. But oh with Hedvig, God. I was like, well, I don't want to do it with Hedvig because it'll break up the songs too much. It'll sort of ruin the flow of conversation and you'll end up talking about the same song for weeks and weeks, you know, um, <laughs> which I have no problem with. <laughs> and you're you're just like, OK, so there's this one song that we've that is taking. It's a it's a three minute song and it's taking us seven months to get through it. <laughs> that is basically what would happen. So my approach was right. OK, the Criterion Blu-ray had just come out. So I was like, what, what I'll do is I'll break it down and I'll do chapter by chapter of the Blu-ray. There we go. So it's like segmenting it. So sometimes you don't get a song. Sometimes it's just drama, drama. And it's full, full of drama and humor and laughs and everything. So um, that's, what I, that's how I broke it down. And since we've finished, because the, the finale of the main season is uh, with John Cameron Mitchell, actually. Um, uh, what yeah, yeah yeah that's the final episode okay okay um, okay can you <laughs> can you ask him this one question because it yeah. was kind of bugging me throughout the whole movie uh because it wasn't i don't know if it's answered in the stage version or because have you seen the stage version yes actually but okay. believe it or not only recently even though i've been into this since like pretty much it came out <laughs> so in the movie they never talk about there uh, it's never mentioned how hedwig feels about the transition mm. like like it, it just seems like the lieutenant uh uh luther is like you have to do this in order for us to get married and so yeah. um we're and so hedwig hedwig is like okay or th- at that point hansel is like okay i'll do this to get married but then like he leaves the, yeah. the luther leaves and so uh, which song is that? Is that Wig in a Box? That's Wig in a Box. That's Wig in a Box. Yeah. Yep. So like, I was kind of missing like a like a like a monologue or just like a line to be to to know what Hed, Hedvig is feeling at that point, because like she had bottom surgery, mm. but not top surgery. No, no, um, yeah. only the bottom surgery, which only quite interesting actually. I've never thought about that. Yeah. So she's had bottom surgery uh that was botched and we understand all that but like we kind of see it in his in john's face when he's portraying it but like i don't know what she's feeling at that point it is an interesting one yeah i i can't off the top of my head i don't think he addressed it when i had him on uh because i didn't ask that specific question oh okay but um so then how do you feel the character because like part of me is just like does she regret everything that happened this might just be my take i don't know uh, maybe because okay. i'm too in the weeds because i've seen yeah uh, i bring this up on my show i once watched the movie every day for a month um so i'm oh, quite boy. in the weeds <laughs> yeah uh i think my take on it is that she doesn't regret it it's like helped her discover things about herself and st- even though it's a terrible thing that's ultimately happened, she's been ditched by, you know, that piece of crap Luther. Um, I, I think it, it almost was like, you know, she ended up becoming who she was supposed to be. Because um, at the end, which we'll get to, I'm sure, a lot uh-huh. of people uh-huh. seem a bit confused by the ending. 
Yes, uh, I'm very uh, confused. By <laughs> well, I was first time. I was, but I've seen it that many times, and I spoke about that with John. And um, to me, it's not Hedwig going, "Oh, I'm I'm a man again now." You know, once once she sheds all of the exterior, it's more like I accept myself as a complete whole being. Sometimes I'll look like uh, this rock star Hedvig. So, uh, you know, I can be and look and act however I want. I'm free now. I'm a complete person. Well, um, did she die? <laughs> there are people who think it could be that as well. Yeah, yeah, like walking off into into heaven. There's there's all kinds of uh, interesting theories about this stuff. I love it. Yeah, because I I read it first time watching. Uh, obviously, that the car crash happens. And then she dies Mm -hmm. because it kind of speeds up everything that happens, you know, where it's like now she's famous and she's in the limelight and she's on Rosie, which clearly was from the original (laughs) stage version. Um, And then that we have that moment where everyone's in white and they have the um, Tommy Gnosis cross. Yeah. And it's like, I, I see where you're going, where they're, where, the character is now this like just ethereal being like it's all yeah they're all and but i don't know i thought they died (laughs) no i've i've heard that as well i can totally buy that That, i love any movie where there's multiple theories and they can all live like in your head that's fine but but in this this is great because it's a visual media and like you can read what you want from it it's it it's forever as it is unlike the stage version which i feel like depending on the director's vision it just changes yes so in the stage version though does it end like that as well no the stage version's quite different actually um it's mostly a one-woman show it's basically just hedvig there talking to you about their life so it's quite quite different in lots of aspects and it's a it's a very different end. So I think the the movie uh, might have confused some people because it's a very artistic ending. Um, like I even I've had people on my show and I've heard it before who think that Hedvig and Tommy are literally the same person, whereas I thought it was more oh. metaphorical. Like to me, Tommy like represents what Hedvig could have been, like who they wanted to be, and they've like molded him into this like rock star that they they could have gone down that road you know but some people i had on are like no no i think they are literally the same person and see i took it a a a different step where i saw tommy as like that partner that you can't just let go yes yeah i mean obviously that's what they're also showing you but like the fact that they're that she's doing this tour and following him around which I'm confused if is that Andrea Martin's idea or was that Hedvig's idea? I I think it's probably Hedvig's idea and she <laughs> okay. as the manager has gone, "Okay, cool. I'll book it then. Let's go." <laughs> the other theories that you just mentioned about how they're the same person, I could kind of see that because like you don't see them interact with other people besides a baby. Yeah, exactly. When mm-hmm. when Hedvig jerks him off in the bathtub which <laughs> first of all how old is he supposed to be in that scene um yeah please tell me yeah. 18 please tell me 17 or 18 so 18 years old i um <laughs> how do i put it i i i believe he may be slightly younger than 18 <laughs> and see this is also this is also bringing a, another layer to the conversation because like hedvig's 
father, I'm assuming, does stuff to young Hansel. Yeah, yeah. I I really like the, if I can use that word, like the way they address that without showing it. Because if you showed me it, it would that would really bring the movie down. Like you'd be depressed. Like well, you're I, already depressed anyway. But like you'd be really depressed. <laughs> I just liked how they used Hedvig in the bed mm. as like a way to show you the relationships that they've had over the years. So you've got yeah. like the spooning with the dad, sleeping with the mom because they live in a small apartment. Then with Yitzhak and uh, maybe you saw Luther at some point. I don't remember. But I and I just watched this. Uh, <laughs> but it was it was so fascinating. And like you talked about earlier, how like John Cameron Mitchell is like Uber Nepo because he wrote, <laughs> directed, and started it. But like hey. they did a great job. Absolutely. At, if you're that talented at all these things, do it. Don't be ashamed. They were experimenting with some camera angles and mm. some things. That scene where Hedvig's head is in the oven and it rotates. Yeah, that's amazing. I lost my mind. <laughs> that's what possibly my favorite shot. Um, but that yes. and like when you see Hedvig, half Hedvig, half Tommy in the mirror, you know, when Hedvig's doing his makeup and stuff for the first time. Oh, that's a really yeah. good shot as well. I also like, and like they use the camera or as, as to like put the joke on so like uh in wig in a box when it's uh suddenly i miss beehive and he's yeah. wearing a beehive. <laughs> she's wearing a beehive like that's funny because this is an indie film right oh like yeah an independent yeah, yeah. film obviously um <laughs> yeah who who would finance this <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know i have no idea <laughs> it's uh it's it's sort of weird and out there and artistic and it's a musical and it's really queer and it addresses gender identity i don't think a big studio at the time would touch it oh no i don't think a big studio would touch it now i mean they might be to be like hey let's fill out some check some boxes and things like that but like i doubt oh i don't know actually now that i I don't think it it would go all the way like this does like this is this really hits everything it's not for, it's fun but it's also really moving and stuff it's it's very um it's hitting multiple bases and it's very deep and personal like you can feel a lot of uh personal stories in there and not just necessarily i i always say this i don't think it's necessarily just gonna appeal to like queer people and stuff i think there's there's things in here for everybody and that's part of its longevity and its wide appeal because at first people are like what's it about are you explain to them like no i'm not watching that that sounds too weird for me it's like no 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 you're gonna love it and they always love it every time well because what's also interesting is the way the story is told because like you said the um the stage version it's just her telling the audience this but i feel like in them going to the different cities and it's like okay so she tells this whole story i guess in the set as mm. as her set but like it makes it I don't know. It makes it seem a little different where it's like, I I know we've seen movies where it's all flashbacks and it's all like set in the past and everything, but like, this seems a little fresher to me. Yeah, no, I totally see that. Yeah. It's uh, delivered in quite an interesting way, like jumping back and forth, but not in the way, as you say, not in the way that other movies do it. It's more like a lot of the scenes are like, how do we get that stage 
you know, version into film without literally just having Hedvig standing in a gig talking. So, like, there's the scene where she's sitting atop the tires, you know, telling oh. people her story thus far. <laughs> I could talk for hours about that because you watch, you, <laughs> you see her and the makeup is not perfect. It's all like she was in a fight or something yeah. and they don't explain it at <laughs> all. And That's you're how just I like... look after every show because I'm in a band and I, I I dress in drag for the band. After every show, it looks like that. <laughs> so, do you sit on a mount, uh, on a throne of tires to tell your life story after a show? <laughs> I I would love to. If if anyone has a throne of tires available, I am free to uh, to go and tell my tales. Oh, but I I also love that it's also like really shitty restaurants that she's in. <laughs> yeah. That's or the like, funniest bit to me, that it's just in the corner of a restaurant. <laughs> or, and there's or, people who aren't interested in seeing the show. Or there's the one uh, where it's the first band with the Korean housewives. Or yeah. The, and they're in, like, a little, like, soda shop or something. <laughs> like an ice cream parlor or something like that. And you're like, what is happening? I've done I've done gigs like that. It's weird. Like we sometimes we do really big shows. Like we last year we played with Gary Newman and stuff. And um, but then we've done shows that's just like in the corner of a pub, and that you can fit about fifteen people. <laughs> it's so weird. It's bizarre. So I feel it for Hedwig. I feel that pain, the awkwardness. But you know, you got to start somewhere. And she's talking to Kurt Cobain's people <laughs> and Phil Collins' people. And this is like the underside of live entertainment. Cause I mean, also com- I've heard comedians talk about, you know, them doing the same thing where they're in like random places trying to be funny and nobody's paying attention to them or mm. like caring that they're there. Yeah. So like, I like that this doesn't glamorize the live entertainment industry. Like a lot of other movies do. This shows you yeah. like, no, this is gritty. And also like her story is so sad oh there, yeah 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 it's it like i was just like wow this is such a bummer but i'm loving it <laughs> well that that ties back to what you said before about um uh, how do i word it about how hedvig uh you know what no i'm gonna change what i'm gonna say it does okay. tie back into something we were talking about but what i will talk about is tommy because th- this is more appropriate to what you said even though he's successful and a massive star and he has people going to the, you know, the store to meet him and things like that, it doesn't even show him being happy because even though he's, you know, he screwed over Hedvig, stolen the song or whatever, maybe he doesn't feel he did. I don't know. Um, but even he is not happy when you meet him again later, you know, and they're in the car together. He is miserable. He's depressed. So being a star isn't everything in this world and it's it's teaching you an important lesson there like you he, he lost something along the way didn't he not necessarily his relationship with Hedvig but he lost a part of himself by doing what he did and forgetting his past and you know stuff like that I mean I guess even before Hedwig uh gets bottom surgery they talk about how you have to like lose yourself or give give up part of yourself so yeah. I guess that's the theme of the movie you, you know you have to give up part of yourself to compromise or like to move forward. But then you also shouldn't totally lose yourself. You know what I mean? Like that's why I love the representation of the tattoo, you know, cause it's, it's broken into, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, you've got to find your other half and reunite. But by the end, I think Edvig's like, 
you know, when you see it joined again, I've got both of those tattooed on me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't get just one. I had to get both. Of course. Um, of course. But when that happens, you know, I think Hedvig is like, oh, no, I, I am enough. I am complete. Like, having someone lovely, wonderful, I would like to meet somebody that I can spend my life with. But that doesn't make me whole. You know, you should be whole first. Yes. Yeah, like like RuPaul says every at the end of every episode of Drag Race. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh huh. I mean, but like, it's true. You have to love yourself before you could love others. It's true, and yes. that's not just like in a sexual way. That's in like a any way. You know, you have to be content and happy and love yourself before you can like make relationships make relationships or friendships or something like that with other people oh totally totally yeah like and it's not in a big-headed way like oh i'm the best i'm so fucking amazing no that's bad as well but it's just you being as you said content and and happy uh, in your own skin and things like that because that radiates out we sound like rupaul now (laughs) we do we do i do um can we talk about yitzhak for a hot second oh yeah i'm excited for that because i'm doing a bonus episode about yitzhak (laughs) i'm very intrigued like okay is yitzhak supposed to be a trans man or just a man right well it never it never directly tells you and i like that because it was my first time encountering a lot of things about like gender and stuff like that when it when it came out mm-hmm. i instantly connected with it all but i i didn't know terms and words so i'm watching it and i'm the first time when it came out i'm confused like well well you know what's yitzhak i didn't i didn't get it but i i loved discovering and you know stuff like that but what i get from it because when you watch the deleted scenes Oh, I didn't watch the deleted scenes. Ah, well, you'll have to tune into my special about the deleted scene as well. Oh, okay. Um, There's a bit where, this is my only negative. I know you're going to do this later with your sharp and flat. I'm going to bring it back Uh up then. But they cut this out, and it's important, I think. It's how Hedvig and Yitzhak meet. Yeah. Um, Yeah, Yitzhak is a a drag queen. So I think the implications, Uh I mean, obviously, anyone can be into drag. But it seems to be, from the hints and clues, I think Yitzhak is a man who wants to be a drag queen. But they could be, they could be a trans man who also is a drag queen. Because I know people like that as well. Well, so I also read it that Yitzhak is a cis man who might be a trans woman. It's possible, yeah. Because uh, Hedvig is completely controlling them and, and telling them you know they're not allowed to be themselves almost like you'll be the way i right. want you to be uh and in that in that um flashback that you get of the meeting uh one of the actually it's not even in the flashback it's in the play i see too much of this stuff <laughs> it, it's the same section that they're talking about though hedvig says oh you can come with me to america because uh, they're they're in like eastern europe it's like you can come with me to america but uh as long as a wig never touches your head again oh basically you're not allowed to be the star that's important i feel like that's very important because like there's that scene in the very beginning where they're in hedwig's uh yitzhak is in hedwig's room with all the blonde wigs everywhere which amazing i I Uh, want all of those (laughs) (laughs) you don't have them already i'm surprised 
believe it or not, I don't even have a replica. A guest on my show does. I don't. <laughs> wow. But like, so, but like, there's that moment where Yitzhak puts the wig on and it feels like they're becoming themselves. Yes. Like they're, they're realizing that they're a woman. Which is why it's so important at the end when Hedvig, like, you know, Yitzhak goes to put the wig on Hedvig and she's like, no, it's for you now. It's like, I'm passing this to you. You can now be free and be who you want to be. But, but also like the love of rent, which is, yes. which was, because like I noticed the rent sweater on mm. and I was like, what's, what, what is this? What's going on here? And then you see that, that he auditions for rent and you're like, ah, okay. I'm understanding. Because then there's also, he got the role of Angel, which yes. a lot of people read as a trans character. Or can mm-hmm. be a trans character, depending on, you know, the the concept and everything. So that that's what got me thinking, like, maybe they are a trans woman, uh, but we're presented as a cis male throughout the whole movie. That that can be totally viable as well. That's what's so great about it. Like, you know, the, let me try and remember, I think the third Hedwig on stage was a cis woman playing the part. It was Alice really? Yeah, you know, from Breakfast Club, Ali Sheedy. Yeah. So that was the third Hedwig. And because John was like, well, it doesn't it doesn't matter. We can it can be anyone from anywhere. We can make it work. It fits the story, you know. Um and uh, that's what's so cool about it. It's amazing. Even Tay Diggs has played Hedwig. That's great. Yeah. And you, you look at you look at the the lineup that happened, like it started with Neil Patrick Harris, there was Michael C. Hall who mm. uh Dexter <laughs> Very different choice, and it, it worked. Tay Diggs. I think Darren Chris also played. Yeah. Um, but obviously, John Cameron Mitchell is the one that created the character. Yeah. I love them all, but, you know, I'm biased. John, John's, John's my head fig. <laughs> I don't remember if I said this in the, when, we, when I talked about it with Riverdale, but let's, I want to talk a little bit more about the show, because I'm reading mm. it on the, I was reading it on the Wikipedia page that Hedvig was originally supposed to be a supporting character and mm. Tommy was supposed to be the lead. Yes. And because Tommy was supposed to be John and Hedvig is supposed to be um, based on a babysitter. Uh, there's a few influences. Like one of the others was like, uh, I think it was just, it was just some German woman living in a trailer park that he, he, he used to sort of interact with a little bit. Like, yeah. This, this is amazing. <laughs> Yeah, and like junctions, like like everything in here seems to be like once you read about this, it's like oh, this is really like autobiographical, but like through another person's perspective of somebody. Yeah, and that so, makes it more interesting. Like if Tommy was the main character, I don't know if you connect with it as much because it's like no. oh great, this this guy's got everything and he threw it away. Like ah, oh, screw you. You know, whereas Hedwig's like a tragic character, and they're not a flawless character. That makes them very interesting as well. Like, you know, the way they treat Yitzhak is, it's quite horrific. Um, and I'm not excusing it, but, you know, it's its because of the way Hedvig's been treated. It's like they don't know love, almost. It's like, well, this is what I'm supposed to do. You know, I'm, I'm supposed to control you because that's what people did to me. Uh, but Hedvig goes way, way, way too far, uh, ripping up the passport and everything. That's thats vile. That's, <laughs> that's really bad. Yeah. I also saw that uh, I'm also seeing that Jinx Monsoon played Hedvig at one point, which, yeah. uh I would. Lo- I that makes sense. That's that's great yep. casting right there. 
absolutely perfect. And there's, I can never find footage of it. It's annoying. There are <laughs> videos of Jinx doing songs from Hedvig. Like there's a really good one I used actually as an outro to one of my episodes, which I don't know if I'm supposed to, but <laughs> Oops. Oopsies. it's a live, it's a live recording. I, I think it's different. I think the rules are different. Um, that's from like a, a pride event that they held, I think just outside like the white house many huh. years ago. Yeah. <laughs> and Jinx is doing, uh, doing Hedvig there and it's, it's really cool. I'll send you that, but okay. there's no videos of you know, Jinx in the role, so to speak. So Jinx, if you're listening, come back. We need you. <laughs> God, if she's listening, I could die right now. <laughs> I'd die be. so happy. She um, might be. I'm going to tag her in everything. <laughs> she, uh, she, is, uh, she is lovely. I met her a couple of times. She was very nice. Oh, so jealous of you. She gave the best <laughs> hugs ever. Best, like, oh. <laughs> and then the cackle the ca- the laugh oh the cackle was yeah it's not it's not an act it's not a character it's real <laughs> <laughs> well so uh to segue back into here there are parts of this movie where, where i'm not gonna lie i didn't believe a lot of what she was saying i know it's supposed to be her story but i was like is she lying to me like is is she really a German is she <laughs> I know right you're just shrugging being like I, I don't know but right? like that's what's cool right unreliable narrator you don't have to believe her right but it, but that's what makes I think that's what makes this movie so fascinating is that it's a choose your own adventure in a way where you can read as much as, into it as you want to or not but also it's different and it, it it's a weird musical where the songs do help move the story forward but like but like the origin of love again for the riverdale episode it's nonsense like if you really if you take it out of the store out of hedvig the 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 show yep. and the movie and everything there it's nonsense words <laughs> absolutely and um it's quite fascinating that that approach that like you know most musicals they just burst into song and yeah. i think what helps keep this like uh, with a broad appeal is that when you explain to people, oh, it's a musical, they go, oh, I don't like musicals. Like, no, 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 it's fine because 99% of the songs are a gig. It's at a show. And they're like, oh, okay, maybe maybe I will watch it then. But then yeah. when you actually look at it like Origin of Love, it's not directly moving the story along, but it's no. informing you a lot about like the characters, about like Hedvig's worldview and their past and how they are approaching love and things like that. It's, it, it's a, it's a beautiful, lovely song, but it's actually kind of toxic in a way. It's like, it's, it's reinforcing the idea. You need someone else, but you're then, not complete without them. But then what's great is that scene later in the movie. I'm only speaking of the movie. I, I haven't seen the stage version, so I don't know if this is true or not. Right before the car crash happens, um, they're listening to Tommy's version of it and they're using the song as a representation of their relationship Mm -hmm. where he messes, he changes the lyric and she says that you fucked up the lyric and that line. It's literally just that line. Like it's weighted because yes, he change the lyric and it's not uh, he says cyrus instead of osiris or something like that yeah because he doesn't really know what the songs are about he's just copying them (laughs) but like also 
her saying that is like you fucked up my life you fucked up our relationship you stole everything from me yeah it's everything <laughs> coming out in one line isn't it because if you uh, just fucked up the song you'd be annoyed but the, the level that Hedvig's upset and angry it's it's everything it's everything they went through like you fucked everything up and I, uh, he kind of accepts that doesn't he? he 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 comes around actually tommy a little bit and he's like yeah i did sorry <laughs> and then the car crashes <laughs> <laughs> i understand what he's trapped though as well isn't he because he's he's part of a machine almost he, he's owned by this label at that point it's like no 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 you can't you can't be uh admitting it you can't be making friends with this person again don't tell anyone you know them blah 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 he probably does want to make amends a little even if they're never going to be friends again just an apology <laughs> but he, he can't go that extra step and I think as well because he's so young. Like he, he's still a child, even when he's a big star. Really, please tell me he's he's got to be in his twenties. I was just... <laughs> no, he he is, at, <laughs> you know, at that point. But um... that that masturbation scene, that mas- <laughs> I was just like, don't tell me, don't tell me how old you are. I want to know. Just you're an adult. You're an adult. You're you're seven. You're you're eighteen years old. You're fine. We're good. We're good. I think it's meant to be a little bit on the edge. You know, you don't quite know. It's it's a little bit inappropriate. <laughs> What's also fascinating is when we're in the flashbacks um, with Hansel, the eyebrows are still very Hedvig. Yeah. And I don't know if that, like, I don't, I don't think he, I say he, because it's Hansel, you know, I just keep switching between them. I don't think he, you know, was forced into everything from out of nowhere. It's already like a world he clearly likes to play in is like, you know, fashion and there's a drag element. Those those are drag eyebrows. They're they're not just normal eyebrows, are they? Oh, so he's no, clearly yeah. into like style and things like that. And like, God, that Luther, that Luther segment is just so uncomfortable. Oh, it's creepy as hell. Like, it's so weird. He's so predatory. Yeah, like it doesn't. I don't care if that is somebody of age it's still creepy don't be doing that to anyone (laughs) it is and then he's there naked with the candy on his crotch and you're like okay okay i mean it's one way to woo somebody i've never tried it but you know (laughs) it kind it kind now now thinking about it and we're laughing and joking a little bit about it it kind of reminds me of there's a scene in not another teen movie where chris evans pre-Captain America has mm. whipped cream on his nipples and crotch and on his butt, but there's also a banana sticking out of his butt. Like <laughs> I forgot all about that. Like, like us laughing and talking about it in retrospect makes me think of that. But when I was watching it, I was just like super creeped out. And then and then the heartbreak happens where Luther just like shrugs and leaves uh Hedvig in the trailer. <laughs> And, and I'm like, he's got himself some new twink. Yeah. I have to say, though, I like that they, for Wigan in a Box, it's a different performance. Yeah. No, that's the thing. Because, like, when I, when I first watched it, I didn't really like a lot of musicals. I only really liked Rocky Horror, probably. Um, so the I didn't like that at first. I was like, oh, they changed up the formula. But now, after all these years, I actually, now I think it's my favorite song. Because... At least, okay. So I'm a uh, I'm a sucker for 
<laughs> for like these fantastical moments. Like it, it's the same thing that happens in Tick Tick Boom, where the side of the uh, of the trailer park goes down and becomes a stage now. And I'm like, <laughs> and and I'm like, this is what you want. Like this yep. is like how you're envisioning. Oh, it was so beautiful. It's amazing. I almost I, I was tearing up during it because I'm oh. like, this is gorgeous like this is art and theater and and dreams and everything <laughs> and it's moving lyrics like it seems like a fun happy silly song yeah but the lyrics are all you know he's like you know i look back on where i'm from look at the woman i've become and the strangest things seem suddenly routine and it's like oh yeah you've completely had to change your life like overnight like oh yeah all right okay everything about my existence is different now and Is like that at that, at that, that point, at that point, like they're listing different wigs, and it's kind of, uh, rock like rocker more more rock and roll. And but I'm just like, this is still beautiful. It's like, ah, yeah. ah. Uh, uh, don't get me wrong. Love the rest of the lyric, the rest of the songs too, in their own special ways. But that I, one, I'm biased. I don't think there's a bad one. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I'm. But okay, so. I found the, uh, a soundtrack listing on one of the Wikipedia pages for Hedvig. I didn't know where four of them that are on the al- the movie album, the soundtrack, uh, happened in the movie. Maybe you could help uh, me out. There's the long grift. I don't know when that happened. Right. Well, it's kind of there. It's kind of not. It's the song that Tommy is practicing and he keeps fucking it up. It's uh, when Hedvig come, comes and does, you know, like the, the makeup the, and that. It's yes. the song. Yeah, it's it's what he's, you know, look what you've done. He messes it up every time. <laughs> uh, it's that. So it's kind of there because on the stage version, you you tend to get the the full the full thing. Oh, of course. Um, Freaks. Freaks is the song that young Hansel is dancing to on the bed, like little little kid Hansel. Uh... He's like grooving like yeah, we are freaks <laughs> okay uh in your arms tonight in your arms tonight i'm trying to remember where that actually is on the movie version now oh god now you're taxing me <laughs> i should know all of this um you do it actually, chapter by chapter come on <laughs> yeah uh i don't i don't know if that is in the finished movie because we never it, ended up talking about that it's uh, in okay wait there's a plus no, uh, it's oh, so it okay. I stand corrected. It says it's not part of the show's score, um, or it's probably not in the movie. Yeah, that sounds right. Because I remember we, we we it's been a couple of years now. I remember we talked about it briefly, uh, but not not properly properly because it wasn't in the scenes. Yeah, that that makes sense. Because there's there are a few things like well, for instance, you could say that about the long grift. It's not really there, you know? right? But we did end up talking about that a bit as well. <laughs> and then is Hedwig's Lament what happens right before Exquisite Corpse? Yeah, for some reason they segment that off as a separate song. Yeah, um, it's weird. And I've never really, because I see that as one, like you need the start to go into Exquisite Corpse. That's one piece to me, but uh, they consider it separate because it's you know the slow piano part. That's, no, that, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, uh, I agree. But I noticed that random number generation is cut from yes. the movie is there do you know why <laughs> uh th- there's no specific reason other than that just they just didn't think it would work with 
you know the the scenes they had basically they were like nah it's not gonna it's not gonna fit it doesn't make sense and also they kind of they're not as attached to that song because it was sort of written before it was it was something Stephen Trask was working on with his band and then they uh... they worked it into the show so I think they're like eh, we don't really need that one. <laughs> but I mean, there might be more to it. That that that's all they've told me. Basically, I haven't had Stephen on the show. He was he was uh, busy touring at the time when I asked. How him dare to... he? How dare he? But John and uh, I had uh, Mike Potter on, who does all the hair and makeup, and uh, both of them said the same thing. They're just like, ah, yeah, it just just didn't fit. Just didn't make sense. <laughs> um, where do I want to go? I don't know. I just love this movie. I'm so happy that I finally watched it I, i'm so upset with myself that i haven't seen it before uh how did you feel though about the animation and the cartoon oh, i absolutely love it hence why i have a tattoo that you know hedvig has because it's based on that person's art as well um i i really love that i think it's super cool and the way you can bring that in uh you know to to the movie and it not break the flow like in the origin of love when it goes all animated and Oh, it just adds another level, another layer to it. Um, and it's because, you know, Hedvig, a lot of what they're talking about is almost like um, they're kind of living in a fantasy world. And that mm. sort of gets represented by by artwork a lot um, because they, they kind of have to. Even the Hedvig is a character that Hedvig the woman has made, if that makes sense. The rock star, that's a character. I'm going to become this character to survive um, and live in this fake fantasy world which which i think you know a lot of people like to do <laughs> like i'm i'm not myself when i go to the stage i'm someone else yeah i mean you she it what's really interesting though is like how they also talk about how broke they are but like she looks so yeah exquisite so like put together and how does like, she look that good all the time i'm i'm jealous it makes ugh, it makes no I sense i mean in okay so in reality you could probably find cheap products or or not not saying that the product is cheap but like the price is mm. not expensive and turn turn it into art <laughs> i art if you will some people have that skill i'm not i'm not too good at that i maybe i'm just a weird shape i can never find clothes like cheap you know in like oh but then also like maybe she bought things and like made it into something else like upcycled it well i think that's more um stuff from a past because when you see hansel you know out um he often had interesting clothes on which i imagine you couldn't get in in east germany i think he made those clothes like the, oh, there's the little there's like little hot pants at one point i'm like i don't think in east germany you got little hot pants no <laughs> and this is a period piece right in a way yeah. Is it supposed to be 90s? That's the only thing that I have a problem with with the it, it on Broadway. Is, okay, the character clearly has to be a certain age to have lived at that time. Yes. So, yes, late the movie is set, like, basically when it, when it came out, like, late 90s, early 2000s. It all makes sense age-wise. If you do it now and you keep Hedvig looking like this, to me, that doesn't make sense. Because in the Broadway version, there's a joke all about the movie The Hurt Locker and stuff like that. And you're like, oh, yeah, no. Eh, hang on. What, what era are we setting this in now, then? I'm confused. Because, <laughs> like, like, they probably still talk about how the wall 
came up when she was born. Yeah. And then it, I like that they use that as like a way for us to know what period it is. Granted, there are two years only listed in the whole movie and that's 1961 and 1988. Yeah. And that's what I remember. But uh, so watching the tour, the present day happening, I'm just like, is this are we still in are we actually in 2000 is this 94 what where are we i like that about it. it you could you could kind of just go well it's its own world i guess i don't know it's it's set when it's set who knows uh but th- there is another deleted scene which um, makes it seem very modern um i don't like this deleted scene personally and i'm glad i'm glad they cut it it's a funny joke but it wouldn't be good in the movie there's a whole bit where um where phyllis you know the manager She's got a, a phone implanted in her tooth. <laughs> and it's meant to be like, you know, how ridiculous technology is, you know. She, and she's she's trying to be a cool hip manager. She's got it in her tooth. And she answers calls by just like tapping her tongue on it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there's a whole extended bit where when she gets hit, she gets hit in the head in the in the laundromat. Um by the by someone opening the you know the door it hits her in the head and it, it knocks the phone like off the hook so it's just like going burr, burr, all the time just to like try and she has to get the manual out and try and figure out how to stop it because it's going through her head um, so that I, seems very modern technology that like, can you even do that now probably i don't know elon musk's probably done it well with uh, with you describing it it's to me, it's hilarious because I'm imagining Andrea Martin and she's yeah. chewing the scenery, doing all this. But like in the world of the story, it does not make sense at all. That's the thing. Like it's funny, it's great, but yeah, I'm glad you could it. Keep it as a bonus. It's yeah. more like an SNL sketch or something. <laughs> yeah, because because I mean, Andrea, I wish Andrea Martin was in this more, but it's not. That's just me. It's like it doesn't. Mm-hmm. We don't need it. I want it, but we don't need it because, like, she's in it enough. Yeah, she's a great character as well. I I love how she she clearly, up until Hedvig, you know, rips up the passport. She she understands that they have they're a difficult person, but she's never nasty. She's like, you know, I'm going to do my best to you know work with you, and you know, they're, they're not just colleagues; like, they're friends as well. Like, she obviously has a personal relationship with with Hedvig. And she's the band manager, right? Or yeah, yeah, she's the, the tour one she's booking all booking all the gigs and things like that. Um, and she, her, she apparently has contacts. Yeah, uh, like she. Oh, I don't like know New whether to contact. believe her or not, though, because she never seems to follow through properly on these. The the gigs she's booked are the ones in the restaurants. It's like, are they really? Uh, that that doesn't seem like a good show to me. <laughs> At least if they were at a pub, I would understand because, like, I mean, even where I live, there's live events happening where bands come in and stuff like that. But the fact that they're in, like, a Red Lobster or something. Yeah, it's like a family (laughs) restaurant. (laughs) Granted, it's great for, uh, what shit, what song was that? Was that Sugar Daddy where she was, like, walking on the booths and everything and then, like, dropping her taint on somebody? Yes, I said taint. (laughs) And he loved it. That was the fun thing. Like, that's my favorite part. It's just like, it's just like an old Jewish guy. And he's like really into it. He's like, yeah, this is great. (laughs) You you could imagine it could go a very different way. Well, it does actually with Angry Inch. It goes a very different way. Uh, They all get heckled. 
Angry Inch seems like it's the only song that actually is like a musical theater song, if you will, Mm. where it's describing because like the rest of it seems like poetry, but like Angry Inch seems like it's the only one that like is talking about what we, the audience already know and like what's happening. And um, there are some lyrics here and there that, that break that, but overall i was just like this feels out of place lyrically i i think it's meant to and that's why there's a there's a big sort of genre shift that's a really punk rock song whereas some of the others you know they're punk influenced but that one is just full punk and it's like well we're going to talk about this and we're going to deal with it literally right to your face and it offends someone (laughs) okay well, because I was I was trying to imagine all the songs as if it was Hedwig Hedwig and the Angry Inch, the album, the w- within this world, not yeah. like the soundtrack or the cast recording. No, no, where Hedwig created an album, and all of these songs are on there, but Angry Inch seems like the one that is just the outlier on this imaginary album that I, that I created. <laughs> I like that though. Like, I think all bands should do that. You gotta, you gotta mix it up. You gotta mix it up. I'm or someone the- who, uh, I don't like it when a band comes out with an album that sounds the same as the last one. Cause it's like, Oh, I've heard that. I or like angry, that if I want to. or like angry inch was from the first album. And then this is like a few albums later, you know, it's possible. Like maybe it's one of the early ones Hedvig wrote because that it was still raw, so to speak, you know, it was still fresh. Um, and then they're uh, they're moving on, you know. They're they're developing. Well, they, they try and move on, and that's addressed in the in the movie, isn't it? It's like, why can't you write another song? Yitzhak says when they discover Tommy, you know, singing "Tear Me Down." Like, why can't you write another song? It's like, I'm trying, I'm trying, man. <laughs> so, is Midnight Radio supposed to be that song that she wrote? That's the way I see it. But again, there are different ways to look at it. You, it, it could it could be Hedvig's dead at that point. Uh, right. But I see it as, yeah, that finally they are free uh, in themselves and that's then helped them like, oh, now I now I can create. Now that I've, I am a complete person again, I'm, you know, I'm free to, to make more art. My, my mind is in the right place now. Uh, and I've got this beautiful song, very David Bowie inspired. I do love Midnight Radio. Yeah, I, I, no matter how many times I watch it, and I'll be sat watching it on my own, I'll end up, when it's going like, lift up your hands, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and normally, should... I do, if someone tells me to do that, I'm like, no, I'm not doing it. <laughs> See, I would recommend you watch the Riverdale episode if you haven't already, because it's bananas. But like, yeah, it, the sad thing about the Riverdale musical episodes is that you need to understand the context of a lot of things that happen. So I, I've uh, I've seen that one actually. I, I watched the first two seasons of Riverdale like religiously, and it's terrible, right? It's terrible. I know it's terrible, but it's, it's wonderful. Camp, yeah, yeah. It's it's <laughs> camp. It's like trash, and it knows it's trash, and that's great. Lean <laughs> into it, and they seem to have leaned into it even more because I mean that's the only one I've seen from that season. What's it like, season four, four. or something? But if they're doing stuff like that, it's like oh, they fully know what kind of show they're making. <laughs> like they get it. What I liked about that is like the blend of vocals and like the they what a, a positive thing I could say about Riverdale is that they take a song sung by one p- person and make it like a group song or like a duet or yeah. something. 
I had to turn that part of my brain off when I was watching this, being like, no, no, we're not watching. We are watching the original. We are watching this is how it's supposed to be done, not the... Yeah, yeah. And I, I appreciate that they, they wanted to do an episode about it, but... um. Yeah, yeah. If you've seen it, you've not seen Hedvig. You know, it's totally. Oh yeah, no, no, no. Because because this was like they weren't doing the show; they were just doing the music, which is fine and all. But like again, they didn't understand. Yeah, yeah. What they were saying. Um, we've come full circle in this episode. Is there anything else though you want to talk about before we get into Shrap and Flat? Oh, I mean, I could talk all day. So you know what? I, I mean, have you got a favorite song, or is that going to be in your Sharp and Flat? Ooh. I did I, Sharp I, one of them. But I I can't pick one because well, like you know what as well this is something that does change. Uh, the more you watch it, it will evolve. I think and with different life experience and things like that, you end up connecting to certain things they're singing about in different ways. Like at the moment, I'm really I really connect with like the origin of love and things like mm-hmm. that because uh, oh boohoo when my partner left I was like oh so I was then connecting to that song. Um, Whereas you know, in other eras, I might connect to different ones. Like, like Exquisite Corpse is another one I've connected to quite a lot, uh, quite a lot lately. Since since doing more stuff like in in drag, it's it's got a very it's a very drag song that even though it's punk as hell. I, fact, there's I, a great cover of it by Yoko Ono of Exquisite Corpse. Yeah, <laughs> I have an album of Hedvig that's it's all it's for charity and it's all uh, different artists doing the songs. Uh, so you've got like. Um, uh, what's his name from the B-52s? Fred. Oh, yeah. Snyder. Yeah. Yes. And he's doing uh, Angry Inch. <laughs> and he's doing it in that B-52s way. You know, it's ridiculous. Five like, inches out. Yeah, oh, he's like, it was on Angry Inch. It's great. I also really appreciated their version of I Will Always Love You in this movie. Yes. Why is that never on any of the sound? Well, I probably know the reason. It's never on any of the Because they don't want to pay Dolly. <laughs> It'll be the rights. Yeah, it's probably a fortune. I know. But can someone do a bootleg where I get like a full cover of it by someone? Well, because, you know, Dolly laughed her way to the bank when she like let uh, Whitney do it. But yeah. also, I guess this one, they were like, hey, we'll give you some money. Ha ha ha. I mean, I don't fully know how rights work, but I imagine with, with how little of it is in the film, it's probably like, that, that, we're not paying her too much for that. That's like a little bit. But like that's all it's also done at the right moment and done very well too with the them going to the bed but like it, it they're going through like a canopy of clothes on a on Oh a, a ridiculous a amount yes. of laundry as well like there's no way you'd have that amount and no, they talk but, about that in the commentary track they're like yeah 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 we just kept putting more and more so it was stupid <laughs> well, but but I I liked it cuz it made it like lovey-dovey dream-like you know like we're getting that i don't know if she really did love luther but like i think she loves tommy like actually loves tommy which which i think is kind of tying into what i was saying before about tommy being an aspect of hedvig uh like not literally metaphorically you know like oh this person represents everything i wanted to be almost like he right I, uh, and that, that's her obsession with him, which which is love, but is it healthy? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. It doesn't end up well. But that's the thing when you when you're in love like that as well. Yeah, things are like dreamlike, and it's like a fantasy land again. Hedvig, it's Hedvig's mind recalling this moment. Not it's not literally what happened. There isn't five miles of washing. 
Right. <laughs> uh, all right, let's get into Sharp and Flat, shall we? Yeah. Sharp Flat. So in this section, we're going to highlight some moments, whether or not we talked about it. If we liked it, it's sharp. And if you didn't like it or thought it could change, it's flat. And I have a surprise for everyone, but probably not that much of a surprise. Uh, so, John, would you like to go first with your sharps? It's a tough one for me because obviously it's pretty much everything. Um, you can say that. It, nah, is, nah, that's boring. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm going to try and think a little bit uh, outside the box and be. Um, I really like all of the costumes in the movie, all of the yeah. outfits. I think the fashion is fantastic. Uh, and it's an unsung kind of element of it. People talk about how Hedvig looks, but they don't talk about everyone else. Like the rest of the band as well, like the design that's gone into those clothes, which I think in the world of the movie, you're supposed to think, oh, well, Hedvig's dressed them because she's the fashionista. You know, she mm. knows what she's doing. She's just made them put this on. She's in control. Um, and I, I think people don't talk about that enough. I mean, obviously Hedvig has some amazing looks. I, I, I'm, I've been meaning for years to replicate the, fur coat with the blood on the back (laughs) do you have the um the festival one no i want that as well i've only got a couple of ones that i've made myself and i'm not the best at making stuff they're they're good they're fine you know i've uh i've enjoyed wearing them to to drag shows and stuff but um be like don't look too close but like look (laughs) basically yeah uh and I, i don't even have a proper wig i just took like a an old sort of Farrah Fawcett one and tried to turn that into a Hedvig one, which was quite appropriate, really, because that's, you know, it's in the song. song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's my first one I'll go with then. The the fashion and the style of uh, basically everyone in the movie. Somehow, Tommy Nossus uh, keeps those incredibly tight pants on his body. You can basically see everything. <laughs> You know, towards the end, it's like, oh, whoa, they're they're coming off. <laughs> Are we sure their pants and that they didn't just paint? I think they painted them on. Them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're the low. I know people like a night, uh, you know, in certain eras, like a low cut pant, but that's that's ju- just above the goods. <laughs> <laughs> and he pulls it off. I wish I could pull that off. Yeah, yeah, he had. When when it was the um, the hair that was like spun and like greasy and gelled yeah. and all that, I was like, "This is th- this this just harkens back to my childhood." And like, it was such know, a look back in the day. <laughs> such a look. It reminded me of the Crow and some like yeah. boy bands and all. It was like the gamut had it. It was like, okay, I understand where we are now. Makes me jealous. I wish I could still do that. <sighs> Well, you can just with a wig. <laughs> with a wig. That, that's why I've got wigs. Yes. <laughs> so you can have it in multicolors. Exactly. <laughs> Any other sharps? Uh, I mean, there's, there's so many to go through, isn't there? I mean, if we are looking at the songs again, I mean, I already said I like wig in a box a lot. But, uh, oh, apologies. My cat has just knocked my microphone. Oh, it's there okay. You. How dare you, cat? Uh, you're naughty don't do that right um <laughs> i'm keeping this in <laughs> please do please do. but i'll i'll pick a few different ones as well because um i really really like sugar daddy right and this is there's multiple reasons to this because at first 
That's another one. When I first watched it, I was like, oh, it's a country song. Oh, I'm not really into country. Country's not a big thing in England. <laughs> you know, American country music. Um, but it's another one that's grown on me through the years because when you sort of get more into it and you think about it, you're like, oh, hang on. Hedvig has written a song about moving from from Germany to America. America. So what's more American? I'm going to do a country song. Yes, that makes perfect sense. And, you know, singing all about American things. And, and, and the, a sugar daddy. And a sugar daddy. And in the stage version and the, you know, the, the uh, various recordings, that song's a lot longer. There's more lyrics uh, about American stuff and things. You, you'll have to listen to it. it, it it's even better. I mean, the, the film version's great, but um, even in the recording for the movie, it's longer. I think they just were like, we need to cut this down. It's going on too long. <laughs> you know? uh, and there's a, there's a brilliant line in it that um, isn't in the, in the film. Uh, Hedvig says, well, actually, Luther says first to Hedvig, you know, like, um, he goes, well, <laughs> I have to word this right. So okay. Yitzhak on the stage version does an impression of Luther doing this line. So he's like, uh, you know, uh, oh, baby, I think you'd look so fine in a velvet dress with heels and an ermine stole. <laughs> and then Hedvig turns and says, oh, Luther, darling, heaven knows I've never put on women's clothes except for once my mother's camisole. <laughs> and then it kicks back in again. <laughs> so, That's an amazing part. So is Yitzhak in the stage version also plays Luther? Um, usually doing Luther's lines because there's no one playing Luther. So it. it'll oh, be like, Yitzhak, right. you okay. put on a voice. So the character of Yitzhak puts on a voice to do, do a Luther character parts. of Luther. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's a, that's a great bit. Um, so, and also because when you get different versions of, uh, of Sugar Daddy, everyone changes it. Uh, the Broadway version, it's really rocking. It's not a country song anymore, which which takes away from that fun bit I mentioned about, you know, Americana. But it becomes like a really cool, hard rocking number. Um, and then the production I saw here in England last year uh, with Davina DeCampo, the, the drag queen. Oh, uh, yes. She's also another one that I'm like, <laughs> makes sense that you're, you're play Hedwig. Oh, yeah. And she's also a guest on my show. So you can come and listen to that. Um, she... Yes. Uh, she had a totally different one for her production where it was like um it was like a kind of sexy funk song and they got like a giant inflatable gummy bear on the stage dressed in S&M gear and it was bouncing around and it's like oh this is amazing that is so cool <laughs> um so for my are right, do you have any other sharps or... i'll be here all day okay. i'll stop <laughs> i sharped the room full of wigs <gasps> Yeah. To me, it kind of reminded me of my favorite scene in Big Fish, which is when he uh it uh he has all the flowers. It's all I mean yellow. Yellow is a very great color to mm. have on film because it's bright, it's sunny, it's all this, but like the blonde wigs everywhere. And then you have Yitzhak in black. And yeah. it's like it, that see that shot of just the the picture of just all of the wigs and Yitzhak sitting on the bed is gorgeous and I th- I, it's it's gorgeous. a beautiful shot and i think it says a lot about the character of Yitzhak as well because 
they are completely removed from what they want. Yeah. And it's, it's shown visually, like the colors, as you said, Yitzhak is a, a, all black, basically, and stands out a mile from this other world that's in front of them and beckoning to them almost. Yeah. Uh, I also want to sharp Andrea Martin because I will always sharp oh, her in anything. Uh, I want to, sh- I don't know the character's name. Maybe, you know, but I want to give a huge sharp to the drummer. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, he's, uh, he's absolutely amazing. Cause his style and everything. I should have mentioned him when I brought up style. Well, cause like during wig in a box, when they all come in with their instruments, he has like this little toy drum set just yeah. like on a harness. <laughs> and is rocking out and playing. And I was like, that's commitment. Like it's easy to make the joke of like, look at me. I got a little toy drum set or whatever, but like (laughs) this guy commits. And then also like earlier when the fight happens in one of the gigs and they all fight, but he's still just like, I'm here to play. (laughs) (laughs) He just, he just loves it. He just wants to, yeah, he just wants to be there to, uh, to play his stuff. He, He is a God. I mean, all the band are, Yes. I couldn't Every, believe everyone, but I want to give a sharp to him because, like, great. <laughs> he, he's, they all somehow they have an Eastern European vibe. I think they all look like, yeah, yeah. I buy that they're from there. Yeah, totally. My second to last sharp is for that shot in the oven, the rotating oh. shot that we talked like because it it turns and stops and then turns and stops and you're like that it makes me uneasy but also like it makes me pay attention to what's being said it's like weirdly claustrophobic but not in a way that puts you off if that makes sense you're you're kind of like oh i'm in hedvig's weird little world living inside the oven yeah yeah and what's interesting though is that like it's the camera that's rotating not like other like um you know that scene in Inception where they're flying around and it's all practical because the set is rotating, but the camera is stagnant, so it looks like the characters are flying and everything? What's Yes. I like this because, it, no, this is, we are literally in Hedwig's mind at this point. And so they're being flipped upside down with what's going on, but it makes you want to just pay attention to everything. And then my last sharp, sharpest of all sharps, to Wigan Box, <laughs> the performance. It was fantastic. It was so emotional. And, like, you know, you had this raw moment right before of Luther leaving. And then we go into Wigan Box, and you're like, this is amazing. It's a great song to play when you're depressed about, about life, I think. Because, you know, it's the song where Hedvig discovers the character of head yeah basically like oh i can become this kick-ass rock star that i want to be i want to be her i'm going to make myself her and I, I think everyone can connect with that when you're feeling low put that on have a vermouth on the rocks <laughs> I actually i did that once and it was like was it good it's okay, no. okay. <laughs> I, I not your drink it. of choice <laughs> no, no uh it was all right it was okay but since um, you're delving into like everything Hedvig, it seems like you're like let's just try it <laughs> i do that i um i connect with things like if there's a drink associated with a movie or a tv show i'll drink that while i watch it so like it's immersion i've actually done that with a book where they talk about an album in it and i listen to the album while reading the book brilliant idea i love yeah. yeah i love doing stuff like that it, it does really help i think um to get I think, did world. i do it with i don't think i did it with rent because there isn't a specific everything in that's drugs <laughs> um, yeah 
Yeah. Um, do you have any flats for this movie? Um, I'm trying to think of some, right? Because I don't, I don't want to be too biased. The only one I can think of off the top of my head is that they cut that backstory for Yitzhak. Because I do think, I, I get it, like you want to, you know, the, the people releasing it were probably like, you need to cut the film down, it's too long. But I think it's really important to the character um, to understand a little bit about where they come from, how Yitzhak and Hedvig connected and things like that. It helps you understand their, the trajectory of their relationship a bit more. I mean, this um, movie's so I only... Like that in. This movie's only an hour and 31 minutes. I feel like if they added that scene in, it could it wouldn't make it that much longer. No, no, it's not like a 20 minute scene or anything. It's yeah, you know, it's, it's like, like a nice five minutes like, or something, right? Yeah, it's like five minutes. Yeah. You know, it's not very long. It's the longest deleted scene, but it's not it's nothing like ridiculous, you know. Um I don't have any flats. Sometimes I would flat myself for not watching this prior, but I was like, <laughs> no, I think I watched this at the right time in my life. Mm. Considering the world that we're living in now where we're talking more about gender and everything. And I feel like if I watched this back then, my younger brain who wouldn't understand the greater concepts that the show, that this show and movie have, um, yeah. it would blow right over my head. So I mean, it probably did for me first time as well. I'll be honest. But, right. Um, but I, I just watched it going, Oh, it's a cool punk musical. Yeah. Okay. I'll give it a go. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I ha- zero flats because this because anything that I that uh, actually there wasn't really anything bad about it except for Luther, but like that's on purpose. So yeah, you're and, not supposed to like Luther, <laughs> right? You're not supposed to like Luther, and like you're supposed to be complicated. You're supposed to have complicated feelings about Tommy. I feel like yeah, yeah, because I don't so. I don't come out of it hating him. I'm not like, oh, he's the worst person in the world, but he's not done right by Hedvig either. Like he's, he has screwed that up. He yes. just screwed up someone's life as well. Not just because he didn't want to be with her romantically anymore or whatever, you know. And like, if you don't read it as if Hedwig, Hedvig died at the end, she got, she, she wins. Yeah. Then. She got everything that she wanted. Yeah. Like she, she becomes who she wanted to be and she's, she can let go and move on. She kind of got an apology, like, right, okay, I'm starting fresh. Even um, though, even though in that, like, right afterwards, he's like, I've never known Hedvig. I have no idea who she is. And you're like, okay, that's just you trying to save face, but obviously you're losing. <laughs> but also assuming it, it does actually happen, you know, they, they have that nice moment together when once Hedvig's ripped everything off, you know, and they're standing before each other. Again, I think it's meant to be more metaphorical, like Hedvig coming to terms with it herself, but... They have a nice moment in front of each other. That feels like an apology almost like because Tommy changes the word. You might not know this because it's the first time you watched it. Tommy changes the words to wicked little town there. They they have a slightly different meaning. So, like I said, I've watched the Riverdale one and they have the reprise of Wicked Wicked Little Town, which has the differences in it. So I've Uh, I picked up on it, but. I've also really appreciated, and you know what? I'm adding another sharp because fuck it, why not? It's my podcast. I want to add a sharp to when he stops singing or lip syncing and the music is still going. Because yeah. that's a very, it's very powerful. The movie is like, no, we're now in a movie and we yeah. can do this. And so this is them forgiving each other or that's like how I see coming it. to yeah. terms. It feels almost spiritual in that moment. Yeah. I think. 
Uh, would you add any of the songs to your life's playlist? I mean, I'm going to just say I need to download the album <laughs> yeah. and just listen to all of it because it's amazing. And like, you know, I, I, I would still recommend the Riverdale album because like that one is yeah. the music is not bad. No, no, no. Not at all. Yeah. No, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. They, they, do, they do great arrangements in it. And, and they're doing yeah. it out of love. They're not like making fun or anything. No. So. Uh, what about you? What, do, do you have specific of... songs or do you just listen to this album? I mean, I listen the to the whole thing. But if I'm going to pick some, I mean, I, I said before, Angry Inch. Uh, right. No, sorry. We're in a box. Why did I say Angry Inch? <laughs> we're in a box. That one, I think you can connect with on lots of different levels people who've been through hardships like with relationships yes. or all kinds of things i think you can you can feel something you can you can be hedvig sitting there in your living room with a drink at three in the morning depressed you, know, you can connect to this song you can be like no i'm gonna get myself out of this i'm gonna i'm gonna you know change my life hedvig goes and does that so i think that speaks to speaks to me a lot and um exquisite corpse as well because uh, you know a lot of a lot of people have odd feelings about their body and and stuff like that and not not just in a the way it looks i mean you know in the way you inhabit it and and things like that so i i connect with that even though i haven't had surgery um i don't think you have to necessarily you, know, you can take some of the things hedvig says as a, a metaphor for your yeah career. like you, you look into how you've changed over the years mm. it could be just all mental changes yeah, you know, yeah. you your mindset that doesn't have to be the physical exactly um, and, and uh, I suppose Midnight Radio as well, I think, because I like the way a lot of the lyrics seem to be about, you know, you've you've made it through something. Because yeah, there's this, yeah, there's that bit, you know, he's calling out uh, in, in the lyrics John's written, you know, Hedvig is calling out to the strange rock and rollers. She's like, you know, you know, you're doing all right. And it's, yeah, it's it, very like powerful. Like, oh, yeah, we're all we're all together in this. It's we're a one. power ballad yeah and it's interesting that that's how they end it yeah it's it's a very bold way to end that's another shop i don't care we're going back we're going back yeah 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 fuck it it's my podcast we can break all the rules just the the ending being so out there and and why like going from that song to just hedvig like walking off naked i imagine if a studio was heavily involved they would say you cannot end it this way absolutely (laughs) not (laughs) nobody knows what's happening and that's great that i'm a fan of david lynch movies you know so i like just sitting there and talking to people for six hours afterwards going what do you think happened (laughs) (laughs) well we can't talk for six hours because i don't have enough time for that but uh i think we're done with the episode um i'm so glad i got to talk with you about this because like you know um to me you are probably like the expert on this from what I've seen on online. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. In fact, you know what? I completely neglected my expert duties and I didn't tell you the name of the drummer. You said, you Oh yes. Know the name. I just realized I didn't answer you. Schlatko. Schlatko. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, uh, no, thank you for calling me that. I, I, uh, I, I, in some ways I'm probably an expert and then in other ways I'm not, I'm not an expert on the stage play. So that's why I sometimes get people on my show who are to fill that in, you know? That's fair. And see, I was like, let's get an expert on the movie. Uh, <laughs> uh, but John, what do you have to plug or promote? Well, uh, I mean, obviously, my podcast, Hedvig Inch by Angry Inch, which you can get it on all your podcatchers, you know, iTunes, it's even on YouTube, uh, or you can go to Hedvig.LGBT. Uh, I have like three web addresses, well, Hedvig.Gay, Hedvig 
podcast.com. I just bought loads of them. <laughs> uh, why not? So you, you can check that out. Uh, I also have a podcast, Bat Minute, where we talk about Batman movies one minute at a time. Uh, and that's been going for like five years, maybe? Damn. Maybe six. I don't know. I, I have <laughs> lost track. <laughs> And, and then you have the Miami Minutes podcast, right? Or is that done? No, no, no. That's still going. That's, okay. Um, that is a spinoff of the Batman one in a way. Because me and my host from that, uh, we co-host this one as well. And it's we're talking about the 80s movie that's regarded as so bad it's good. Even though it's not bad at all, it's actually great. Miami Connection. We've done, done it on this pod. It's good. Oh. It's so good. So and we... we don't understand why people think it's bad. Okay, in a technical sense, it's not good because they don't know how to make a movie. But it's made with so much love and passion and heart. That really comes across to you. You really connect with it. And it's like, they are trying so hard. And it's got such nice messages. It's like, you can't hate this movie. It's wonderful. It's great. Um, and that's, yeah, that's Miami Minutes. So that's another minute by minute one. Um, so you can find that on all the stuff. And that's also, that's at Miami Minutes dot kim i bought a korean address for it <laughs> um i suppose as well check out the band i'm in uh pete bentham and the dinner ladies uh that's a very english phrase it's a, in america it'd be like a lunch lady so i'm a dancing drag lunch lady for a punk rock band <laughs> oh my god so you can check us out it's very english so you might not get it if you're not uh, from here but whatever <laughs> <laughs> um, and if you want to, uh, I, I don't know, we loved this movie. So if you didn't like this movie, I would love to hear why. You can email me at buttersongpod at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at buttersongpod. Or if you have another wild, crazy theory that we haven't post talked about, let us know. I'd love to hear about them. And if you want to be part of next episode's conversation, we're going to be talking about Camp, the 2003 I'm going to call it a cult classic because I think it is anyway. So, Camp from 2003. John, thank you so much for popping by. Oh, this was so much fun. I need to buy this movie. I rented it at first and I was like, fuck it. I now need to buy it. You need to buy the Criterion Blu-ray. It comes in a <laughs> lovely box. There's like a booklet. There's a picture of um, John in the full Hedvig gear pissing. <laughs> it's wonderful. Wow. And and everyone, this is, I'm sorry that this is a longer episode than usual, but like we were having so much fun talking <laughs> and loving on this movie. Uh, and, but thank you for listening. If you made it this far in the episode and bye for now, everyone. Bye. Special thanks to Justin Johnson for creating the podcast's artwork and to Nick Bombasino for composing the theme song and the jingles in this podcast. And thank you to CastBox for hosting this podcast. Bye again, everyone, and have a musical day.